Section 5 of State of the Union Addresses by United States Presidents, 1909-1912. through 1912. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Section 5. William H. Taft. December 6, 1910. Part 2. Tariff Negotiations. The new tariff law in Section 2, respecting the maximum and minimum tariffs of the United States, which provisions came into effect on April 1, 1910, imposed upon the President the responsibility of determining, prior to that date, whether or not any undue discrimination existed against the United States and its products in any country of the world with which we sustained commercial relations. In the case of several countries, instances of apparent undue discrimination against American commerce were found to exist. These discriminations were removed by negotiation. Prior to April 1, 1910, when the maximum tariff was to come into operation, with respect to importations from all those countries in whose favor no proclamation applying the minimum tariff should be issued by the President, 134 such proclamations were issued. This series of proclamations embraced the entire commercial world, and hence the minimum tariff of the United States has been given universal application, thus testifying to the satisfactory character of our trade relations with foreign countries. Market advantages to the commerce of the United States were obtained through these tariff settlements. Foreign nations are fully cognizant of the fact that under Section 2 of the Tariff Act, the President is required, whenever he is satisfied that the treatment accorded by them to the products of the United States is not such as to entitle them to the benefits of the minimum tariff of the United States, to withdraw those benefits by proclamation giving 90 days' notice, after which the maximum tariff will apply to their dutiable products entering the United States. In its general operation, this section of the tariff law has thus far proved a guarantee of continued commercial peace, although there are unfortunately instances where foreign governments deal arbitrarily with American interests within their jurisdiction in a manner injurious and inequitable. The policy of broader and closer trade relations with the Dominion of Canada, which was initiated in the adjustment of the maximum and minimum provisions of the Tariff Act of August 1909, has proved mutually beneficial. It justifies further efforts for the readjustment of the commercial relations of the two countries, so that their commerce may follow the channels natural to contiguous countries, and be commensurate with the steady expansion of trade and industry on both sides of the boundary line. The reciprocation on the part of the Dominion government of the sentiment which was expressed by this government was followed in October by the suggestion that it would be glad to have the negotiations, which had been temporarily suspended during the summer, resumed. In accordance with this suggestion, the Secretary of State, by my direction, dispatched two representatives of the Department of State as special commissioners to Ottawa to confer with representatives of the Dominion government. They were authorized to take such steps for formulating a reciprocal trade agreement as might be necessary and to receive and consider any propositions which the Dominion government might care to submit. Pursuant to the instructions issued, conferences were held by these commissioners with officials of the Dominion government at Ottawa 
in the early part of november the negotiations were conducted on both sides in a spirit of mutual accommodation the discussion of the common commercial interests of the two countries had for its object a satisfactory basis for a trade arrangement which offers the prospect of a freer interchange for the products of the united states and of canada the conferences were adjourned to be resumed in washington in january when it is hoped that the aspiration of both governments for a mutually advantageous measure of reciprocity will be realized fostering foreign trade all these tariff negotiations so vital to our commerce and industry and the duty of jealously guarding the equitable and just treatment of our products capital and industry abroad devolve upon the department of state the argentine battleship contracts like the subsequent important one for argentine railway equipment and those for cuban government vessels were secured for our manufacturers largely through the good offices of the department of state the efforts of that department to secure for citizens of the united states equal opportunities in the markets of the world and to expand american commerce have been most successful the volume of business obtained in new fields of competition and upon new lines is already very great and congress is urged to continue to support the department of state in its endeavors for further trade expansion our foreign trade merits the best support of the government and the most earnest endeavor of our manufacturers and merchants who if they do not already in all cases need a foreign market are certain soon to become dependent on it therefore now is the time to secure a strong position in this field american branch banks abroad i cannot leave this subject without emphasizing the necessity of such legislation as will make possible and convenient the establishment of american banks and branches of american banks in foreign countries only by such means can our foreign trade be favorably financed necessary credits be arranged and proper avail be made of commercial opportunities in foreign countries and most especially in latin america aid to our foreign merchant marine another instrumentality indispensable to the unhampered and natural development of american commerce is merchant marine all maritime and commercial nations recognize the importance of this factor the greatest commercial nations our competitors jealously foster their merchant marine perhaps nowhere is the need for rapid and direct mail passenger and freight communication quite so urgent as between the united states and latin america we can secure in no other quarter of the world such immediate benefits in friendship and commerce as would flow from the establishment of direct lines of communications with the countries of latin america adequate to meet the requirements of a rapidly increasing appreciation of the reciprocal dependence of the countries of the western hemisphere upon each other's products sympathies and assistance i alluded to this most important subject in my last annual message it has often been before you and i need not recapitulate the reasons for its recommendation unless prompt action be taken the completion of the panama canal will find this the only great commercial nation unable to avail an international maritime business of this great improvement in the means of the world's commercial intercourse quite aside from the commercial aspect unless we create a merchant marine where can we find the seafaring population necessary as a natural naval reserve and where could we find in case of war the transports and subsidiary vessels 
without which a naval fleet is arms without a body. For many reasons I cannot too strongly urge upon the Congress the passage of a measure by mail subsidy or other subvention adequate to guarantee the establishment and rapid development of an American merchant marine, and the restoration of the American flag to its ancient place upon the seas. Of course, such aid ought only to be given under conditions of publicity of each beneficiary's business and accounts which would show that the aid received was needed to maintain the trade and was properly used for that purpose. Federal protection to aliens. With our increasing international intercourse, it becomes incumbent upon me to repeat more emphatically than ever the recommendation which I made in my inaugural address that Congress should at once give to the courts of the United States jurisdiction to punish as a crime the violation of the rights of aliens secured by treaty with the United States in order that the general government of the United States shall be able, when called upon by a friendly nation, to redeem its solemn promise by treaty to secure to the citizens or subjects of that nation, resident in the United States, freedom from violence and due process of law and respect to their life, liberty, and property. Merit System for Diplomatic and Counselor Service I also strongly commend to the favorable action of the Congress the enactment of a law applying to the Diplomatic and Counselor Service, the principles embodied in Section 1753 of the Revised Statutes of the United States in the Civil Service Act of January 16, 1883, and the Executive Orders of June 27, 1906, and of November 26, 1909. The excellent results which have attended the partial application of civil service principles to the diplomatic and counselor services are in earnest of the benefit to be wrought by a wider and more permanent extension of those principles to both branches of the Foreign Service. The market improvement in the Counselor's Service during the four years since the principles of the Civil Service Act were applied to that service in a limited way, and the good results already noticeable from a similar application of Civil Service principles to the Diplomatic Service a year ago, convinced me that the enactment into law of the general principles of the existing executive regulations could not fail to effect further improvement of both branches of the Foreign Service, offering as it would, by its assurance of permanency of tenure and promotion on merit, an inducement for the entry of capable young men into the service, and an incentive to those already in to put forth their best efforts to attain and maintain that degree of efficiency which the interests of our international relations and commerce demand government ownership of our embassy and legation premises during many years past appeals have been made from time to time to congress in favor of government ownership of embassy and legation premises abroad the arguments in favor of such ownership have been many and oft repeated and are well known to the congress the acquisition by the government of suitable residences and offices for its diplomatic officers especially in the capitals of the Latin American states and of Europe, is so important and necessary to an improved diplomatic service that I have no hesitation in urging upon the Congress the passage of some measure similar to that favorably reported by the House Committee on Foreign Affairs on February 14, 1910, Report Number 438, that would authorize the gradual and annual acquisition of premises for diplomatic use. 
the work of the diplomatic service is devoid of partisanship its importance should appeal to every american citizen and should receive the generous consideration of the congress treasury department estimates for next year's expenses every effort has been made by each department chief to reduce the estimated costs of his department for the ensuing fiscal year ending june thirtieth nineteen twelve i say this in order that congress may understand that these estimates thus made present the smallest sum which will maintain the departments bureaus and offices of the government and meet its other obligations under existing law and that a cut of these estimates would result in embarrassing the executive branch of the government in the performance of its duties this remark does not apply to the river and harbor estimates except to those for expenses of maintenance and the meeting of obligations under authorized contracts nor does it apply to the public building bill nor to the navy building program of course as to these congress could withhold any part or all of the estimates for them without interfering with the discharge of the ordinary obligations of the government or the performance of the functions of its departments bureaus and offices a fifty two million cut the final estimates for the year ending june thirtieth nineteen twelve as they have been sent to the treasury on november twenty ninth of this year for the ordinary expenses of the government including those for public buildings rivers and harbors and the navy building program amount to six hundred and thirty million four hundred and ninety four thousand thirteen dollars and twelve cents this is fifty two million nine hundred and sixty four thousand eight hundred and eighty seven dollars and thirty six cents less than the appropriations for the fiscal year ending june thirtieth nineteen eleven it is sixteen million eight hundred and eighty three thousand one hundred and fifty three dollars and forty four cents less than the total estimates including supplemental estimates submitted to congress by the treasury for the year nineteen eleven and is five million five hundred and seventy four thousand six hundred and fifty nine dollars and thirty nine cents less than the original estimates submitted by the treasury for nineteen eleven these figures do not include the appropriations for the panama canal the policy in respect to which ought to be and is to spend as much each year as can be economically and effectively expended in order to complete the canal as promptly as possible and therefore the ordinary motive for cutting down the expense of the government does not apply to appropriations for this purpose it will be noted that the estimates for the panama canal for the ensuing year are more than fifty six millions of dollars an increase of twenty millions over the amount appropriated for this year a difference due to the fact that the estimates for nineteen twelve included something over nineteen millions for the fortification of the canal against the estimated expenditures of six hundred and thirty million four hundred and ninety four thousand thirteen dollars and twelve cents the treasury has estimated receipts for next year six hundred and eighty million dollars making a probable surplus of ordinary receipts over ordinary expenditures of about fifty million dollars a table showing in detail the estimates and the comparisons referred to follows statement of estimates of appropriations for the fiscal years nineteen twelve and nineteen eleven and of appropriations for nineteen eleven showing increases and decreases final estimates for nineteen twelve as of november twenty ninth original estimates submitted by the treasury for nineteen eleven total estimates for nineteen eleven including supplements 
appropriations for 1911, increase and decrease, 1912 estimates against 1911 total estimates, increase and decrease, 1912 estimates against 1911 total appropriations, increase and decrease, 1911 estimates against 1911 total appropriations, increase and decrease, legislature, final estimates for 1912 as of November 29th, $13,426,805.73. Original estimates submitted by the Treasury for 1911, $13,169,679.70. Total estimates for 1911, including supplementals, $13,169,679.70. Appropriations for 1911, $12,938,048. 1912 estimates against 1911 total estimates, an increase of increase of $457,157.73. 1911 estimates against 1911 total appropriations, an increase of $231,631.70. Executive. Final estimates for 1912 as of November 29th, $998,170. Original estimates submitted by the Treasury for 1911, $472,270. Total estimates for 1911, including supplements, $722,270. Appropriations for 1911, $870,750. 1912 estimates against 1911 total estimates, an increase of $275,900. 1912 estimates against 1911 total appropriations, an increase of $127,420. 1911 estimates against 1911 total appropriations, a decrease of $148,480. State Department. Final estimates for 1912 as of November 29th. $4,875,576.41. Original estimates submitted by the Treasury for 1911, $4,875,301.41. Total estimates for 1911, including supplementals, $4,749,801.41. Appropriations for 1911, $5,046,701.41. 1912 estimates against 1911 total estimates, an increase of $125,775. 1912 estimates against 1911 total appropriations, a decrease of $171,125. 1911 estimates against 1911 total appropriations, a decrease of $296,900. Treasury Department, Treasury Department proper, 
Final estimates for 1912 as of November 29th, 68735451 dollars original estimate submitted by the treasury for 1911 69865240 total estimates for 1911 including supplementals 70393543 dollars and 75 cents appropriations for 1911 69,973,434.61 estimates against 1911 total estimates a decrease of $1,658,092.75 estimates against 1911 total appropriations a decrease of $1,237,983.61 1911 estimates against 1911 total appropriations, an increase of $420,109.14. Public Buildings and Works Final Estimates for 1912 as of November 29, $11,864,545.60. Original Estimates Submitted by the Treasury for 1911 six million one hundred ninety eight thousand three hundred and sixty five dollars and sixty cents total estimates for nineteen eleven including supplements seven million one hundred and one thousand four hundred and sixty five dollars and sixty cents appropriations for nineteen eleven five million five hundred and sixty five thousand one hundred and sixty four dollars nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total estimates an increase of four million seven hundred and sixty three thousand eighty dollars nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations an increase of six million two hundred and ninety nine thousand three hundred and eighty one dollars and sixty cents nineteen eleven estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations an increase of one million five hundred and thirty six thousand three hundred and one dollars and sixty cents Territorial Governments Final Estimates for 1912 as of November 29th $202,150 Original Estimates Submitted by the Treasury for 1911 $287,350 Total Estimates for 1911 including Supplements $292,350 Appropriations for 1911 $282,600.1912 estimates against 1911 total estimates. A decrease of $90,200.1912 estimates against 1911 total appropriations. A decrease of $80,450.1911 estimates against 1911 total appropriations. An increase of $9,750. Independent Offices Final Estimates for 1912 as of November 29th $2,638,695.12 Original Estimates Submitted by the Treasury for 1911 $2,400,695.12 Total Estimates for 1911 including Supplements 
$2,492,695.12. Appropriations for 1911. $2,128,695.12. 1912 estimates against 1911 total estimates. An increase of $146,000. 1912 estimates against 1911 total appropriations. An increase of five hundred and ten thousand dollars. Nineteen eleven estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations. An increase of three hundred and sixty four thousand dollars. District of Columbia. Final estimates for nineteen twelve as of november twenty ninth. Thirteen million six hundred and two thousand seven hundred and eighty five dollars and ninety cents. Original estimates submitted by the Treasury for nineteen eleven. Eleven million eight hundred and eighty four thousand nine hundred and twenty eight dollars and forty nine cents. Total estimates for nineteen eleven, including supplements twelve million one hundred and eight thousand eight hundred and seventy eight dollars and forty nine cents. Appropriations for nineteen eleven eleven million four hundred and forty thousand three hundred and forty six dollars and ninety nine cents. 1912 estimates against 1911 total estimates, an increase of $1,492,907.41. estimates against 1911 total appropriations, an increase of $2,162,439.91. estimates against 1911 total appropriations, an increase of $668,532.50. War Department. War Department proper. Final estimates for 1912 as of November 29th. $120,104,260.12. Original estimates submitted by the Treasury for 1911. $124,000,000. $165,656.28. Total estimates for 1911, including supplements, $125,717,204.77. Appropriations for 1911, $122,322,178.12. 1912 estimates against 1911 total estimates, a decrease of $5,612,944.65. estimates against 1911 total appropriations, a decrease of $2,217,918.1911 estimates against 1911 total appropriations, an increase of $3,395,026.65. Rivers and Harbors. Final estimates for 1912 as of November 29th. $28,232,438. Original estimates submitted by the Treasury for 1911. $28,232,465. Total estimates for 1911, including supplements, $28,232,465. Appropriations for 1911, 
1912 estimates against 1911 total estimates, a decrease of $27. 1912 estimates against 1911 total appropriations, a decrease of $21,158,103.50. 1911 estimates against 1911 total appropriations, a decrease of $21,158,000. $76.50. Navy Department. Navy Department proper. Final estimates for 1912 as of November 29th. $116,101,730.24. Original estimates submitted by the Treasury for 1911. $117,029,914.38. Total estimates for 1911, including supplements, $119,768,860.83. Appropriations for 1911, $119,596,870.46. Nineteen twelve estimates against 1911 total estimates, a decrease of 3 million six hundred and sixty-seven thousand. One hundred and thirty dollars and fifty nine cents. Nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations, a decrease of three million four hundred ninety five thousand one hundred and forty dollars and twenty two cents. Nineteen eleven estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations, an increase of one hundred and seventy one thousand nine hundred ninety dollars and thirty seven cents. New Navy Building Program. Final estimates for 1912 as of November 29th, $12,840,428. Original estimates submitted by the Treasury for 1911, $12,844,122. Total estimates for 1911, including supplements, $12,844,122. Fourteen million seven hundred and ninety thousand one hundred and twenty-two dollars. Nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total estimates, a decrease of three thousand six hundred ninety-four dollars. Nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations, a decrease of one million nine hundred forty-nine thousand six hundred ninety-four dollars. Nineteen eleven estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations a decrease of $1,946,000. Interior Department. Final estimates for 1912 as of November 29th. $189,151,875. Original estimates submitted by the Treasury for 1911. $191,224,182.90. Total estimates for 1911, including supplements, $193,948,582.02. Appropriations for 1911, $214,754,278. 1912 estimates against 1911 total estimates, a decrease of $4,796,000. 
seven hundred and seven dollars and two cents nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations a decrease of twenty five million six hundred and two thousand four hundred and three dollars nineteen eleven estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations a decrease of twenty million eight hundred and five thousand six hundred ninety eight dollars and ninety eight cents post office department proper final estimates for nineteen twelve as of november twenty ninth one million six hundred and ninety seven thousand four hundred and ninety dollars original estimates submitted by the treasury for nineteen eleven one million six hundred and ninety five thousand six hundred and ninety dollars total estimates for nineteen eleven including supplements one million six hundred and ninety five thousand six hundred and ninety dollars appropriations for nineteen eleven two million eighty five thousand and five dollars and thirty three cents nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total estimates an increase of eighteen hundred dollars nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations a decrease of three hundred and eighty seven thousand five hundred and fifteen dollars and thirty three cents nineteen eleven estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations a decrease of three hundred and eighty nine thousand three hundred and fifteen dollars and thirty three cents deficiency in postal revenues final estimates for nineteen twelve as of november twenty ninth blank original estimates submitted by the treasury for nineteen eleven ten million six hundred and thirty four thousand one hundred and twenty two dollars and sixty three cents total estimates for nineteen eleven including supplements ten million six hundred and thirty four thousand one hundred and twenty two dollars and sixty three cents appropriations for nineteen eleven ten million six hundred and thirty four thousand one hundred and twenty two dollars and sixty three cents nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total estimates a decrease of ten million six hundred and thirty four thousand one hundred and twenty two dollars and sixty five cents nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations a decrease of ten million six hundred and thirty four thousand one hundred and twenty two dollars and sixty three cents nineteen eleven estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations blank department of agriculture final estimates for nineteen twelve as of november twenty ninth nineteen million six hundred and eighty one thousand sixty six dollars original estimates submitted by the treasury for nineteen eleven seventeen million six hundred and eighty one thousand one hundred and thirty six dollars total estimates for nineteen eleven including supplements seventeen million seven hundred and fifty three thousand nine hundred and thirty one dollars and twenty four cents appropriations for nineteen eleven seventeen million eight hundred and twenty one thousand eight hundred and thirty six dollars nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total estimates an increase of one million nine hundred and twenty seven thousand one hundred and thirty four dollars and seventy six cents nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations an increase of one million eight hundred and fifty nine thousand two hundred and thirty dollars nineteen eleven estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations a decrease of sixty seven thousand nine hundred and four dollars and seventy six cents
Department of Commerce and Labor. Final estimates for 1912 as of November 29th. $16,276,970. Original estimates submitted by the Treasury for 1911. $14,187,913. Total estimates for 1911, including supplements. $15,789,271. Appropriations for 1911. Fourteen million one hundred and sixty nine thousand nine hundred and sixty nine dollars and thirty two cents. Nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total estimates. An increase of four hundred and eighty seven thousand six hundred and ninety nine dollars. Nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations. An increase of two million one hundred and seven thousand dollars and sixty eight cents. 1911 estimates against 1911 total appropriations, an increase of $1,619,301.68. Department of Justice. Final estimates for 1912 as of November 29th. $10,063,576. Original estimates submitted by the Treasury for 1911. $9,518,640. Total estimates for 1911, including supplements. $9,962,233. Appropriations for 1911. $9,648,237.99. 1912 estimates against 1911 total estimates. An increase of $101,000. Three hundred and forty three dollars. Nineteen twelve estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations, an increase of four hundred and fifteen thousand three hundred and thirty eight dollars and one cent. Nineteen eleven estimates against nineteen eleven total appropriations, an increase of three hundred and thirteen thousand nine hundred and ninety five dollars and one cent. Typical economies. The Treasury Department is one of the original departments of the government, with the changes in the monetary system made from time to time, and with the creation of national banks, it was thought necessary to organize new bureaus and divisions which were added in a somewhat haphazard way, and resulted in a duplication of duties which might well now be ended. This lack of system and economic coordination has attracted the attention of the head of that department, who has been giving his time for the last two years with the aid of experts and by consulting his bureau chiefs, to its reformation. He has abolished 400 places in the civil service without at all injuring its efficiency. Merely to illustrate the character of the reforms that are possible, I shall comment on some of the specific changes that are being made, or ought to be made, by legislative aid. Auditing System the auditing system in vogue is as old as the government, and the methods used are antiquated. There are six auditors and seven assistant auditors for the nine departments, and under the present system, the only function which the auditor of a department exercises is to determine on accounts presented by dispersing officers that the object of the expenditure was within the law and the appropriation made for Congress for the purpose on its face and that the calculations in the accounts are correct. He does not examine the merits of the transaction or determine the reasonableness of the price paid for the articles purchased. 
nor does he furnish any substantial check upon dispersing officers and the heads of departments or bureaus with sufficient promptness to enable the government to recoup itself in full measure for unlawful expenditure a careful plan is being devised and will be presented to congress with the recommendation that the force of auditors and employees under them be greatly reduced thereby affecting substantial economy but this economy will be small compared with the larger economy that can be affected by consolidation and change of methods the possibility in this regard have been shown in the reduction of expenses and the importance of methods and efficiency in the office of the auditor for the post office department who without in the slightest degree impairing the comprehensiveness and efficiency of his work has cut down the expenses of his office one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year end of section five